This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 146. Today we have on Kyle Nielsen from KN Sports Group. Kyle owns his own business and is the ultimate entrepreneur. He tells us stories of when he was a kid and how he found creative ways to make money. He also talks to us about how being in sports can help our kids learn healthy competition and work ethic in a fun way. Hi, I'm Hillary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. Hello, and welcome to another week of the Helping of Happiness podcast. It's so great to have you with us today. So before we get started, there's just a couple of things that I wanted to talk about with you. So the first one is our newest freebie in our freebie resource library. So I'm really excited about our freebie resource library. You've heard me talk about it for a few different weeks on the podcast, but it's this library on our blog, helpingofhappiness.com, where it houses all the different freebies that we have. So we have menu plans in there. Like, for example, we've got a whole section on Easter side dishes, and we've got things for the other holidays, and we've got chore chart printables. We've got our menu planning guide, and we've got our grocery shopping tutorials and everything else that we've got on there. Well, our newest thing this week that I put on there is our spiritual reading that we do during the week of Easter. So it's reading for each day of the week that we like to read during Holy Week. So starting on Palm Sunday and going through Easter, we have just short scriptures that we read together as a family and even some little activities that we do to better celebrate Easter. So I put a printable in there so you guys can have that for your family if you want to follow along with our reading and activities. And of course, grab those Easter side dishes while you're in there as well. So I'm putting the link in the show notes. All you have to do is pop in there and punch in your email and it'll get emailed to you. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is for a long time, I've known how important it is to get my kids in nature and knew the benefit of learning through art, but I was just completely overwhelmed. And it really took a pandemic to slow me down and just get serious about this. And I was really excited that I found Lillian Thistle's Nature Art Club. We've been doing this for this past year, and this club was so awesome. It taught me exactly what we needed to do to get started without making a huge mess with my kids, and it has guided us through each step of knowing how to get out in nature and to draw nature and just have such a great experience. So springtime is here, and it's the perfect time to get started, and I'll put a link in our show notes. Another resource we really love from Lillian Thistle and that we use when we want to be inside and not necessarily outside, and you can do this outside too. We've actually done this outside too, is their watercolor school. We've loved it. We've learned how to paint so many things, and I have never been a watercolor artist, and I feel like just in a couple of lessons that... I feel like I can make beautiful things, so I know if I can do it, anyone can do it, and it's been awesome for the whole family. My kids all love it, too. So without any further ado, I'll put links to all these things we talked about in the show notes. Let's hear from my friend, Kyle. Kyle, this is such a treat for me to have you on. I'm so excited to have you come and talk about your business. Kyle is the owner of KN Sports Group, and this is an amazing brand building business. 
And Kyle's just such a spectacular guy. This is great for us to get to know you a little bit better. So, hey, Kyle. Hey, how you doing? That was awfully kind of you. Oh my gosh, you're just one of our favorites. I This is just so much fun. It's so fun to interview a friend about someone who's doing amazing things. So will you tell that. us just a little bit about you and your family yeah. before we get going into your business? Yeah, so uh, my family and I moved here to Dallas about three years ago. Uh, we moved from Maryland. We were a young family, so we have three under the age of eight. And once we got to Dallas, that is kind of the point in time when we felt like we needed to settle down a little bit and we weren't as nomadic uh, as we had been in the past based on college and graduate school and early jobs and just trying to get the career started. Once we hit Dallas, we felt like this is the spot. We're just going to plant our roots and we're going to grow here. So yeah, like I said, we have three under the age of eight. We have our oldest is Maxwell, and then we have our second is Gavin, and then we got a baby girl in the back uh, named Sophie. My wife and I have been married for over 12 years. Yeah, we're good friends with Hillary and her family, and we interact a ton together uh, through a bunch of different ways. So this is fun to be talking it's to our friends. so fun. Well, let's talk all about KN Sports Group today. I just yeah. want you to tell everybody how long you've been doing it. I think it's such a fun business, and what's the story behind it and how it got started? So KN Sports Group, it's a brand-building business. So we work and partner with brands of different sizes to help them grow and scale and mature whatever path they're on. When you think of the word brand, a lot of people think of clothing brands. They think of a Nike or Adidas or Under Armour. Those are just the ones that come to mind. I'm just a, you know, just a sports house we live in. But anyways, those are like, those are what people think of when you, you know, think of brands. But at some point, those brands were operating on a very small scale and they were in their infancy stages trying to figure out what are we in? And how are we going to grow and how are we going to scale, right? So we have these brands that have been established for a really long time. What you also have is this whole other group of brands that operate in this space. And in one way or another, they are missing some piece to help their brand really get to the next level. So with some people and groups that we interact with, they have fantastic ideas and they can take beautiful uh, pictures or B-roll or whatever it is. They can make it look awesome. But maybe their struggle is figuring out how do we source this product? How is it fulfilled and decorated and shipped out? I can make it look beautiful on social media. But how when some when so-and-so places an order for one shirt, how does it get from that order? How does it get processed? Where does the shirt come from? Who decorates it? How does it get out the door? So that's a classic one that we oftentimes run into is people with a really great vision and marketing mind for what they want it to look and feel like, but the back-end business for what product. Um, what product truly costs the process and the different options for how you decorate it, how it gets fulfilled. We kind of latch on to the brands and work with them through that growth stage of figuring out where they want to go. And everybody's at very different levels. Some people consider selling 25 items through an Etsy or Shopify site being like a huge you know, month for them. And there's other people who want to move 1,500 to 2,000 units a week and that's success for them. So there's varied levels of success but at the end of the day, the common theme among these groups that we interact with is they have certain pieces that are there, but they're just kind of lacking the other components that come with just industry experience and working in it. When you work, so I've spent time working with small brands, big brands. I've been a, a small territory rep. I've been a national sales manager. Um, I've worked on the software side of things, the sourcing. So you know, we've worked on a number of different parts of it. And so we can bring a certain level of like actual experience to the table and just say, 
hey, these are great ideas. I wonder if we could use them in this way and apply them to your brand. I wonder if that would help. So it's all about learning and figuring out what they want to do and figuring out what pieces of the roadmap they have in place. And then just having really open and honest assessments of are that, is that the accurate roadmap that we should be going down? Is that, you know, are we like jumping before we've even, we see that sometimes of people that are like, I want to sell a thousand shirts in the month of February because it's like Valentine's Day and we could just put hearts and everything and sell it. And you're like, have you ever sold a t-shirt? And they're like, well, no, but <laughs> you know, I think it would be awesome. I have these cool design ideas. And you're like, all right, let's back up. Let's go with like 20. Like, could we sell 20 shirts? Could we? So a lot of it has to do with um, tempering expectations and then setting achievable goals that build confidence, uh, but also don't overextend and create any sort of trouble at the start, right? So what happens is um, most of the time when brands don't have guidance or like a partner like this to kind of learn with, what ends up happening is there's oftentimes just kind of this really risky move of like, you know what, I'm going to sell 2000 shirts in the month of February and we're just going to do this. And they just like go buy 2000 shirts. They like guess on the sizes, where they're going to get it from, how they get it decorated. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, shoot, I guess it's going to be in my garage or my living room. And then all of a sudden what, what ends up happening is that they, they then stumble. They're just, they're hitting, they just literally run into wall after wall of all these other issues of like, was that the right shirt? Is there enough profit margin at the sales price we're going for? Did we bite off too much? And then what happens is you end up having this pool of candidates who have great ideas and great visions for what they want to do, but they have dried up their well of resources, taking an early risk before they really understood or knew what they wanted to do. And they just, they bit off a little bit too much and now they're choking on extra inventory or um, maybe they sold through it all, but they're like pulling their hair out because fulfillment is a total disaster. And I have to go to the post office eight times a day. And um, you know, there's just, there's so many little issues that you learn in real time by doing it. But if we can provide a, a partner in a group that has that experience, that has all those resources, they could lean into it, learn and then once they're ready to stand on their own two feet, then they go and they transition. We wish them all the best. We hug it out and then they grow and they, and they move. And sometimes we remain involved long-term and other times we don't, we go our separate ways and Hey man, like, you know, they're ready to fly, um, to fly on their own and they go and you just cheer them on from a distance as you would anybody that you like or follow on social media. Right. So it's interesting, you know, we hold hands really tight and we have our arms linked when we're working on projects early on. And then you see things transition and grow where you become just like a really strong and avid supporter where you're commenting on their stuff and you're liking and you're wishing them well and you're sending them, you know, cards during the holidays. And so, um, so yeah, that's a, I feel like that's a very long winded way of explaining what KN Sports Group does, but that's just a, a little snapshot just in terms of who we are, the types of people that we work with and target um, as partners and kind of just the, the basic like lifespan of some of these relationships, yeah. right? I love that. I love that so much. So have you always been an entrepreneur? Because I know as a kid, you taught piano and I just think that's like, I love your yeah. little story about that. Can we talk about yeah. that? Yeah, the entrepreneur spirit's been uh, been alive for a while. So I think my first, um, my first iteration of it, I swear it goes back to like, I bet it was fifth grade. I think it was fifth grade. So the way our house worked in terms of um, let's talk about school lunches, right? We always, we were a sack lunch family. We just always were, right? I had this thing that just kept eating away at me of they had these bars. If, if you know, you know, but they're called nutty bars. 
right? I remember as a fifth grader, I was coveting these nutty bars so badly, but I didn't have money. I didn't have the 50 cents to go get it. And I would ask my parents like, hey, can I have two quarters? I need nutty bars. And it was like, we packed you a great lunch. You're fine. Don't worry about it. That caused me, that caused me to figure out, I'm going to go find 50 cents on my own. Like, I'm going to go do it. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it. So what I started doing was my sister had taught me how to make these, um, the beanies that you make with the looms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so honestly, I, I knew how to make bracelets. Like I would like tie and braid bracelets. I knew how to make beanies. Um, and I had figured out one time how to make a hacky sack. I was never able to do it again, but it was like this really odd, (laughs) gross looking thing. But I basically made these like handmade things and I remember working super hard on them for a couple of weeks. I, could, I took them to school and I sold them all. And I had like $2 and 50 cents because I was selling them for like 15 cents for this or, you know, a dollar for a beanie. Like I had no idea what it was. And it was weird selling beanies in Southern California as a fifth grader, but whatever. We, <laughs> it was a skill set that I had and we just went with it. Right. But um, so I was, I was creating like that. I was solving this itch of like, I really want these nutty bars. And my parents are like, no, you don't need it. You're good. You got plenty of food in your lunch. So that's how I started doing it. I scratched the itch. And then all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, I wonder if there's other things that I could sell. And then all of a sudden I started experimenting with like, I remember I took an old yo-yo and I wasn't using it anymore, but I was like, I wonder if I can go get $5 out of this. And then it started with a couple different things like that. And before you know it, I'm like buying low, selling high. Like I've, I learned it as like a fifth grader, right? Of like, I value this thing at this level and somebody else values it at this. And to me, I didn't, you know, if it's like a yo-yo that I had that just wasn't being used, I was like, I have not spent any money on this. It's just sitting here, but I could go get $5 out of it. And that covers me of 10 school days of Nutty Bars. So it was all in relation. It's all in nutty bars. It's all in relation to how many nutty bars I can accumulate per sale. Right. Um, And so that's really the genesis of how it all started. That's kind of got my entrepreneurial, you know, mind going. And as it transitioned, um, I then took on other jobs. I remember I would do a ton of yard work for different people in our ward. Um, So I was like the yard guy for like six or eight different families at the at its peak, I probably had like 22, 23 piano students. And I taught piano from the age of like 13 to 18, I think. That is a um, lot of students as a kid. It's a bunch. Like, that's a yeah. lot. That's it's like a bunch. every afternoon. You're like, yeah. And I lot. would, so, and I was the piano okay, teacher. Now you have to say how you got to your students' houses because this is yeah, kind of so, <laughs> <laughs> so at, at that age, right? Like I can't drive. Um, and it wasn't really, my parents were both working and my sister wasn't old enough to be taking me places yet. And even if she was, she had soccer practice and other obligations, right? So I would skateboard to people's houses. So I had this little um, pouch. I don't even know how you'd explain it. I think it's a music specific pouch. Like it kind of collapses. But anyways, I had this like satchel pouch thing that it's in my arms and I've got my sheet music in there and I've got my theory and my, you know, um, all these books in there and I've got my candy and I'm in there huffing skating down the street to go to these different piano lessons and I would plan it all by like I could go two blocks up and teach two kids there and then I could go up the street and teach so I would like try to so like it, it doesn't matter what time you can do piano it depends on when it's going to go on my roller my, my yeah like when it's you know, 100% 100% so I'm skating from and and in hindsight I think there was probably something to that of like 
they kids would see me coming. They could hear you coming and you would like, they'd be outside playing basketball or something. And like my piano teacher's here, he pulls up, kicks his board up, catches it in his hand and just like, let's go do piano. Like there's probably something really cool about that. At the time it was just very, like, it's just the only way I had of getting around. There was nobody else to drive me. I wanted to teach these lessons. And so I just kind of was like, let's go. Right. So in addition to that, I would do like soccer training sessions. Uh, I would like lifeguard and kind of work at this like gymnastics kids play play. So in high school, there were probably like 10 to 12 different jobs that I rotated between maybe half of them being things that I created like piano lessons or soccer clinics or um, buying and selling, you know, different things. Um, And then the other half of them were like, you know, um, just I was working for other companies or other people in our ward or um, other things like that. And they'd pay me and I kind of just rotated around whatever I had to get done. Um, But yeah, so the entrepreneurial spirit has been I love it. That's a lot of nutty bars. Yeah, a lot of nutty bars. I I never missed. Once I figured out how to get two quarters, like it was all about how quickly can I get two quarters? What? How many items do I have to sell to get two quarters to get those nutty bars? And once I figured it out, I was I was pretty consistent. I was feeling good. I was sitting there at the lunch table. I got my nutty bars, and everything was good. And it was it was pretty funny. Do you see that in your kids? Are your kids like that at all? Yeah, I see that in Maxwell, my oldest. He um he a couple months ago, he came to me and said, I want money to start, uh, to buy lacrosse uniforms. So he had this idea that he wanted to form a neighborhood lacrosse team with like six kids or seven kids out in the neighborhood. So he's like, you could coach it. We have goals. We have sticks. We just need uniforms. That's the only thing we're missing. So his initial, his initial uh, approach was you just have a ton of extra uniforms and shirts. Can you just give them to me? And I was like, well, that's not like, that you're putting too much on my business. Like, why are you so dependent on me? If you really want these, you should make your people pay for uniforms and then you need to hire somebody to do them. So I didn't, I didn't want to just give them uniforms. I mean, we obviously have them. We could just give them to them, but I wanted to see where it would lead. If I kind of kicked it back on him and said, if you guys can fundraise $23 and I just picked some random number. I was like, if you can raise $23, I will match and we will get uniforms for everybody in the neighborhood. I'm totally down for that. That would be really, really fun. So you know what they did? They made paper airplanes and um, they made paper airplanes and went door to door selling paper airplanes. Um, There was like three of them that all did this. And you know what? They got like $25, $26 in like a couple days. And, um, and I was like uniforms for everybody. We ended up making like 30 or 40 uniforms, whatever it was. We gave them to like every kid in the neighborhood, everybody's little sibling, the, the toddler, oh we know gosh, we did all these it. shirts. We just made all these little shirts that it just said, it was just this fun. Uh, um, I actually, you know what? Luke actually took those shirts home. Do you remember those shirts? Did he show you those? The white and the green and the red shirt? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it says we play sports on it and just has all these different like sports pictures or these other, and that was like our uniform of like, oh there's a green gosh. team, a red team, a white team, a black team. We just did all these things. And, um, so yeah, that was, and then they, I mean, they used those things for months of like, okay, orange team versus blue team. And then like, oh my you know, they would go and like rally the kids out of the house. They're like, we're doing a look, it's two on two or it's three on two, whatever it was. And they had such a good time with it. It was this fun little thing. So yeah, Maxwell has shown that a little bit. Um, his motivation. So my motivation as a fifth grader was nutty bars. His motivation is um, cleats and basketball shoes and just shoes. He saves up. So he's his, just kind of jumped into the teen realm. Of he's, the yeah, the he's jumped up really <laughs> high. Like he's saving up for a pair of football cleats where I'm like, you've got two pairs. Like, when are you anticipating needing to? And he's like, well, I need a third pair. I need a new Nike pair. And I'm like, okay, sure. Just 
what can I do to help? You know what I mean? So yeah, he's already, he's already doing it. Um, Gavin has no interest in it, but he's a five-year-old and I don't know what five-year-olds have entrepreneurial, you know, vibes in them, but yeah, Maxwell's got it already. He's, he's definitely hustling and trying to figure out, you know, how to do it. Oh, it's fun. It's going to be so fun to see the things he tries out. That is so awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we know you do shirts. What are the things do you design and sell? Uh, so we do a lot of hats, bags. Um, it's really just any sort of apparel and accessories you could think of. I mean, there's different ways that all those things are built and decorated. So we don't do a ton of, um, we outsource anything that has to do with sourcing raw fabric and building it. So we haven't gone down that path. That's a rabbit hole that I haven't really needed to go down necessarily. Um, but anything in terms of screen printing, heat press, embroidery, anything along those lines, which kind of covers like 90% of what, so like you know, people's needs are. It's almost yeah. everything, you know, recently we've done like lanyards and pens and mouse pads. And then there's like the, the really easy stuff that you just do every single day of like shirts and hats and backpacks and, you know, different things like that. So yeah, there isn't really much we say no to. Um, awesome. Yeah. If you can, if there's a way that you can try to think of like, how do I custom decorate, um, you know, a certain thing, there is a way to get a logo on it. It's, um, you know, just you give us a second a to think about it and we will find a way to get, you know, <laughs> people are like, can I get a custom umbrella? And you're like, well, you really should get the logo put on the umbrella before they like put it on the pole and string it up in the, you know, but if you really want to add it after the fact, this is probably the best way of doing it, that the logo is going to stay and it's going to look really good. And so, yeah, there's all sorts of funny um, kind of challenges and unique things that come up of people wanting to, you know, not everything is down the fairway of just, I want white shirts with a black logo on it. That would be great if everything was, oh man, that was would right be down the middle like nice. that. It'd be so easy, right? But people have all different ideas. Of, um, Which is so, yeah, probably it's, where it gets kind of fun for you to see the creativity in the projects that you're working oh, on. Oh, 100%, so sure. 100%. Yeah, and, and there's some people that just come to us and just say like, they just shout out colors that they like and kind of general things. And then you get to make all the decisions. You have a huge passion for kids and sports, which I have seen through the years yeah. and I love it so much. So where does that come from? Like, why do you feel like it's so important to you for kids to get involved in sports? Yeah. So grew up on sports, played in high school, played in college. It was just, it's been a really big part of my upbringing. And I feel like my involvement in sports has formed uh, my attitudes and opinions, the way that I work with people and the way that I interact with people. It's just such an important part of how I was brought up. And I think in hindsight, you get to a certain age where you're transitioning to being like, like I remember in college, I would identify myself as an athlete. Like that was the, one of the mm -hmm. first things that I would think of, of like, who's Kyle? And I'm like, well, he's an athlete. He goes to this school and this is what he's doing. And, but it was just a very important part of my persona. And then after college and you, you know, do a little bit of like adult leagues, sports and other things, you kind of start this transition to um, you're transitioning out of that identification. You don't first identify yourself as an athlete. You're like, well, I, you know, then you start identifying yourself by what job you're in and what you're doing and these other things. And then once fatherhood comes in, right. And you start a family and then your kids get old enough to actually, you know, play sports and all those things. Then there's kind of this decision that you make of, do I want to be involved in trying to create a great experience for these kids or do, or is it more comfortable or do I not have the time, whatever the reason is for you to not be involved and to just be a supportive parent on the sideline, you kind of have to make that decision of um, what role am I going to play in my kids' 
sports, right? So I look back when my kids got old enough to start playing sports, I had a real, um, I look back at my experiences growing up, um, had some really just kind of honest evaluation of it. And I remember, and not in like a bad way, I'm not, I don't mean this in a, <laughs> like, what were you thinking, mom and dad? I, when you really truly look back at it, I would have loved to be like the 15 sport athlete. There was a bunch of stuff that I would have loved to try. And there were different reasons why those things just didn't come into place. Uh, either I didn't know that the sport was there um, or um, there were some sports growing up where um, it was a Sunday only opportunity to play. And we had made the decision early on that we were going to put church in front of sports. And so that just eliminated hockey immediately because the local league was a Sunday only league. And so I'm like this, you know, neighborhood, like thrasher of a hockey player. I'm out there like just playing so much, so much hockey. You would think, and I'm like fully padded. You would think that I'm like playing some league, but I'm like, no, the only league available in our area within reasonable driving distance is this league. They only play on Sundays. And so that like, and I know that's just one, you know, example of one sport, but I look at that. Um, and once I evaluated those things, I looked at it and I said, you know what? I'm pretty aware of how sports operate. I've worked in the space from an industry business standpoint. I was an athlete growing up. I played in college and, um, these other things. And you kind of look at it and you're like, you know what, I'm going to figure out a way to create as many opportunities as I can, whatever barriers to entry there are, whether it's a, can I, can I physically get there? Which was sometimes one of the issues, uh, on my part is like, I think I'm, I'm sure at times my parents were like, okay, great. Another sport you want to sign up for. Who's <laughs> going to take you there. You already have soccer practice at that time. There were just like, as a kid, you don't understand. You just, you want to do everything because it all looks cool. And so, um, my motivation, my, my, you know, the biggest motivation on my end has been how do I create a group of like-minded families and kids and how do we expose them to as many things as possible at a young age so that by the time they hit middle school or maybe older elementary school, they've been exposed to like 10 different things and they could make a decision, an educated decision at that point of like, you know what, I'm really good at baseball. I really love playing baseball and like, I want to go do baseball, right? And, you know, and that's awesome. Like, that's, you know, what you want. Or maybe another kid is like, I just absolutely love playing soccer. It's like my favorite thing in the world. And I know I play football and basketball and these other things, but soccer really is my true passion, right? I feel like with kids, you have this time window of at some point, they're going to get old enough where they are going to identify the things that they feel strongly about. And they're going to want to double down on those passions of theirs, right? But I feel like as a parent and as a community member and, you know, I feel some sense of responsibility, obviously for my kids, but for my kids as friends, there's a sense of obligation there too, of like, I want to expose these kids to as many things as possible. And then wherever that is down the road, wherever they start taking things more seriously or identify something that is important to them, you know, I will have played some small part in like, Oh yeah, coach Kyle. I remember I played in his basketball team that one time. And like, we, you know, like basketball is the best thing in the world. I want to go do basketball. But if somebody doesn't, you know, if somebody's not there to like create and try to foster that warm and inviting environment for someone to come try something, they'll be discouraged from ever doing it. Right. Like you need to lower. Um, it's a, I, I just, the phrase I'm thinking of is barriers to entry, but like the barriers to entry of starting a new sport oftentimes at a very young age are, do I know anybody else on the field or court, whatever we're doing? Mm -hmm. And am I all familiar with the sport? If I don't know any of these kids that I'm out here on this basketball court and I've never actually shot, it's going to be super intimidating. It's going to be very difficult for that kid to have a good time. So what you try to do is you try to figure out like, 
what is the most base level, you know, most fun, easy sport that anybody can do. And for the most part, you start with soccer. It's like great on the early motor skills. It's just a really, you know, fun thing to start. And you see kids out there that you're like, that's probably a football kid. He's kind of running people over and shouldering people off the field, but like, you know, he's five and you know, we're going to start here. And when he's seven and when it's like the right time to do football, you know, we're good. Right. And he can go do that because that's his thing. But soccer is like this beautiful, like baseline of athleticism that just allows the kids to get out there. They're running, they're making friends, they're kicking a ball. It's fun. It's active. Everybody's always, you know, there's no, we're not standing. Everybody's always running. We're always running to play offense. We're running to play defense. And so, um, Soccer, I think for our group of friends in our community, we've used soccer as kind of the baseline of this is where the group starts from. And then from there, we then take the group and say, you know what, wouldn't it be awesome if all these kids went and played basketball together? And, but right away, you've removed this barrier to entry of like, well, I don't know anybody. Well, yeah, you do. There's 10 of us. Like, let's all go play together. Right. right? And so what it does is um, it, it removes that immediately. And then what you have is when you transition that group of kids into a new sport, they like they love all the kids they're on the court with and all the parents know each other and everybody's cool we just have no idea how to get this ball in that hoop like that's the only thing we're trying to figure out but you've removed that uncomfortable barrier um and then you know just one by one that's what we've done with our oldest you know sons group and what it's transitioned to is it's kind of built itself out to like this group of maybe 50 to 60 kids and families that are all kind of part of this network and with a group that size, like not everybody always plays everything, right? The, the right. idea is to create some middle ground of what, what, is, what is something that we can all do and we expose the kids to something. And then one by one, it's really fun to kind of see them split off and say like, of those 50 to 60 kids, there's only seven of them on the soccer team, on this one soccer team that I coach, right? There's a bunch that play on other teams and whatever, but for this group that we kind of, I call them like these small group training sessions, we do these small group training sessions. You don't pay any money. Just say, we're meeting over at the park. We're going to be there for an hour. If you guys want to do some fun skills and drills, please RCP ahead of time. So I know how many cones and balls to bring. And then you're kind of just doing that for all these different sports. But what, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create these easy and fun opportunities for kids to play all these different sports. And then at whatever time they discover what they think is awesome and what they really enjoy, you've already gone through the Right. you know, of like, you know, other people in this group. And there's times where um, there's times where you go to that group and you're like, Hey, like there's a basketball tournament coming up. We should sign up. Wouldn't it be super fun? Like the first eight to sign up, let's go. And it's just like, but you create this like open environment where kids can learn new things, where they can try new things. And then you get all that, the feeling out process done and out of the way before you get to middle school, where, you know, if you don't do some of this stuff and if you don't expose them to it, they'll get, you know, a little bit older and all of a sudden look around and like, I've never played baseball before. This looks like the most fun sport. Like nobody ever stopped and like took the time to right. So we want to expose them to the core sports. We want to expose them to are like soccer, basketball, football, lacrosse. Um, those are kind of the main ones that we kind of expose them to. We do a little bit of baseball and you kind of ease them into baseball with kickball, which kind of transition into baseball because it's a similar concept of like bases and running. So that's all you're trying to do at these young ages is like expose them to things and then um, there's families that come back and say like, hey, um, you know, we kind of want to take baseball a little bit more seriously. Like, what do you think? And sometimes I'm like, I have no idea. That's a great question. Um, you know, if you want to take it more seriously, I actually don't really know where you'd go. Or there's other times where I'm like, you know what, you should go talk to this coach. He coaches this one team in this other grade. And I think they go to tournaments sometimes that might be really fun. 
um, to go kind of that way. So you want to create this like ecosystem where the families and the players and the, the kids are all really comfortable and you can expose them to as many things as possible. Um, and then that's kind of in terms of youth sports, right? Like that's kind of the role that I've like settled into and that I'm really comfortable in. Um, and some of those sports I coach, sometimes I'm like, I'm the one putting the soccer team together and it's my team and I want you to play on this team. And other times it's like, Hey, soccer registration is coming up. Um, your kid's a fourth grader. You know, if you need help connecting with a fourth grade coach, I know this guy or that guy. And, you know, if you need help, just let me know. And you're kind of just, you bring them together to break down those barriers and try to make everybody having fun. You know, sports are really, really fun. You learn a ton from sports. And if you can, anything you can do to foster that fun environment is only going to propel them down the road of enjoying sports for a lifetime, which creates healthy adults and healthy attitudes and, you know, these other things, right? So it's a, it's a long-term play of you want to expose them to things so that they remain physically active, that physical activity remains a part of that, you know, it's not that every kid is going to go be like a D1 basketball player, right? Like it's just that they're, they enjoy athleticism. They enjoy competition. They enjoy the physical, you know, getting out there and working and exercising your body. And, um, and there you go. Right. And it all just comes so from good. like kicking a ball around, right? Like I kicking know. a ball around well, at the park. And, and I love that you even do like the little groups at the park. Cause for a lot of people in this pandemic and in a lot of States, there is no sports still, yeah. you know, they are shut down. There's no rec yeah. league. There's no, so I guess what are, what do you have any ideas for some other ways to get your kids moving? Maybe even just at home. I mean, I've seen firsthand your kids and all the neighbors playing basketball mm-hmm. all the street and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Yeah. So we, um, whether your neighborhood or, you know, your house, I think there's kind of two different ways of approaching it. Um, I can't speak for everybody's neighborhood and how they're operating, but even during a pandemic, the way our neighborhood is operated is like, we're all comfortable within our neighborhood and amongst each other. Um, and so even during the pandemic, our neighborhood here in Texas is kind of like, as long as we all stay in the neighborhood, we're fine. We're comfortable. Like we're good. We're kind of like quarantining. Like it's funny. Cause people were like, you have to, you know, quarantine just your family. And our neighborhood kind of did it. Like, we're just going to lock off this part of the cul-de-sac or this part of the loop. And like, we're just going to kind of <laughs> quarantine like together with just here. these people. Yeah. Like just here. Right. So, I mean, the, you know, the pandemic has been going on for a while, but that that's what our group has done, which has kind of forced us to um, like, I know all the dads, um, a bunch of dads in the neighborhood, I'll go play volleyball from like eight 30 to 10 30 every night out in the front. Like there's a big grass area out in the front that they all go do that. But um, we made a point of like, we leave our basketball hoop out all the time and we will hear kids at all hours of the day <laughs> over there shooting hoops. And, and sometimes you've got to go out there and like, Hey, who wants to play soccer? Who wants to throw the football around? And so, uh, there's a balance there of, you know, you going out there and being the ringleader and saying like, let's all do skateboarding and who can go down the driveway the fastest and who can do this. Like sometimes, you know, as the parent or as the, you know, like you feel the need to kind of like go help rally the kids. And then other times you're just creating, like, if I bring the basketball goal out and set it up and put all the balls there next to it, it's pretty inviting to like, I can go just go up there and grab one and just go yeah. shoot. Or, yeah. or sometimes really we'll not just even go... a lot you have to do. Sometimes you just no. open the garage and they all come yeah. running. Right. And then they're all there. Right. Or like, sometimes I'll go out and I'll set up the soccer goals out in the grass area that we all just kind of like a neighbor, like a common space area. I'll go out and set up the soccer goals and go kick a couple balls out there with some cones. And that is an inviting enough, you know, um, look for kids to be like, I'm going to go out there and kick the ball around. And before you know it, you know, 
you got three or four kids out there playing a two-on-two game and just having fun. So it's not all about that. That's the funny thing about the way that we do youth sports. It's not all about like, you know, you don't always have to be the coach and have a whistle in your hand. Like sometimes you're just the fun facilitator um, that you just need to help create this fun environment. And then what you can slowly do is like kind of pull yourself out. I do that all the time in basketball where I'm like three on three, let's go. Like who wants to play? And then mm-hmm. we're picking teams and all of a sudden I kind of slide out the back and I'm like, all right, cool. You got your teams picked. I'm going to, you know, but I did my job to like kind of totally. get the thing going and then they'll go play for like 45 minutes, come in like, oh my gosh, I need a water break. And I, this team beat that team and you should have seen, you know, so-and-so's last second shot. It was so cool. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you've just, you just have to kind of set the table and then they'll go and find the gear. They'll go pick up the lacrosse stick or the soccer ball or, uh, they see the basketball hoop that's out there and there's just a couple balls sitting there waiting for him. Like what kid is not going to go over and pick it up and oh, totally. try to go start shooting. Right. So um, that's some of the stuff that we've done inside the house. We've done um, Nike has this training program called the Nike training club. It's an app on your phone. And um, when we, you know, when things were a little bit more locked down, we did that. There's like hundreds of different exercises. You can do some that are very conducive to kids. They have, I think, what's it called kids sports camp or something like that, or kids camp. So we would do that one all the time. And they, they really kind of gear it towards the kids. It's really fun. There's a lot of high fives and, you know, there's like, instead of just saying, Hey, let's just do pushups. They do like teamwork pushups where you and your kid are facing each other. And then you do a push up and then you, you know, slap hands and then you do it this way, or maybe love that. And maybe instead of just saying, Hey, run back and forth in the backyard and touch the fence, the fence, like maybe I do one. And then when I come back, I got to tag Maxwell and then he runs and does one. And then, he tags me back. So I think that app has done a good job of creating some ideas, you know, for, you know, me as an individual, but then us as a family. And then we've able, we've been able to figure out ways to take that down to the kids level so that, you know, burpees for seven-year-olds is not very fun, but if you can figure out a way to (laughs) let me modify this, you know, this is good for me as an adult. And this is, you know, what I want to do, um, because it's good for my, you know, health and it'll, be good for me in the end. Um, but the kids don't feel that way. And so you kind of need to, you know, take it down to their level. And maybe you do that by adding music, or maybe you make a contest of it. You know, my, my second Gavin, he's all about contests. If there's, if there's something he can win that I don't get, then he is all about it. <laughs> he is, he's all about anything. So I could say to him, let's go shoot some hoops. And he'll be like, yeah, like sometimes he'll say, yeah. And sometimes he'll say no. When he says no, my follow-up has to be winner gets a mint and the loser has to watch the winner eat the mint. And he is all about it. Like he does not want me to have that mint or the gum or the goldfish bag, whatever it is. He is all about preventing me, which is just a competitive, like he's just a competitive kid and we just kind of do it that way. But you know, those are different things that we, um, you know, there's, so Gavin, it's funny, kids are motivated in different things, but Gavin is motivated on one hand by that. You can also motivate him by saying, you know what? if you do this Nike training club and if you do it right and don't skip any exercises, everybody in the family earns McDonald's cones tonight after dinner. And then all of a sudden he feels like this responsibility of like, this is awesome. I'm going to do this for you. And you know, I'm going to do this. And then you, you know, you better believe the rest of the day he's going over like, Sophie, I did the workout so you can get an ice cream cone. You're welcome. And <laughs> so he like makes a point of like, I earned this for us, you know, but and, I you love know, and, that. and Hill and I also make a point of like, Hey man, that was awesome. You did it. And that is so great. We're so appreciative of you. And so then it like creates this, you know, you're trying to create these positive incentives. What he doesn't know is that we were probably planning to do that anyways oh, of course. that night, or it was, you know, there isn't like anything extravagant or out of the way that you're like, 
you know, I'll get you a car or I'll get, you know, you're not doing anything crazy. Right. We were probably going to go out for pizza and grab ice cream afterwards anyways. But if you can adjust it in a certain way and create a really fun athletic, you know, physical activity for the kid, then you've won. Like then, you know, I don't know. I feel like I've won. Right. Well, and that is and teaching you know, them some sportsmanship too, along with it. Right. You're that too. As a yeah. Team and... It's a teamwork thing and you're earning it for everybody. And, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm big on, I'm big on competition as well. I, sometimes I'm guilty of creating competitions out of things that don't need to, uh, have a competitive <laughs> nature to them, but I'm a, you know, I would rather, I would rather err on the side of being too competitive than not, because I feel like, um, I feel like as an adult, I've benefited a lot from just having a really competitive nature and just caring about things. Like if we're going to do things, I want to win. And I want store to be kept. And I want, you know, because, you know, if you look at it, especially someone, you know, like the career path that I've been on and a lot of it has been very sales related and whether it was a sales rep or sales manager, it's all about like, like at the end of the day, <laughs> I need to win in order to take care of sure. my family or my obligations or these other things. Right. And so when you break it down to those little things, I don't, I'm going to err on the side of, I want to teach my kids to care about things and they're developing the things that they care about. But mm -hmm. if it's something that you care about, like do it right and do it all the way and do it to win and do it so that, you know, don't just do it because you're just like, yeah, just check it off the box. You're like, no, like I want to do this homework and I want it to be done right because that is what I'm focused on right now. I'm going to do this. Like, and then everything you do, you're kind of, you're compartmentalizing it a little bit of saying like, you know, anything that I'm spending my time doing, it needs to be done right. And it needs to be, I need to give it my best effort. And so I feel like creating competition at young ages, um, it can go the other way of like creating these hyper competitive kids that don't know how to lose. Right. That's kind of the double-edged sword of it too, right. that you can be, you know, if you're not careful and if you don't temper it the right way, but I'm always going to go on the side of, I would rather create an environment where you care about the things that you're doing and you care about, um, you know, what that is because, I think it will just create more passion and interest and it will help you identify the things that you feel strongly about. You'll have a little bit more conviction in what you're doing as opposed to just, I don't know, my mom dropped me off at soccer practice and she said, I got to, you know, stay here for an hour, right? He has like no level, that kid has no level of investment. They don't care sort of thing. Whereas um, if you could spin it in a different way and either create incentives or just create a competitive environment, you know, kids will kind of elevate and play up to that level. We see that on some of our teams, and some of the groups that we work with where um, sometimes in youth sports, you know, there's like the exposure element where you got to just help them see and feel this is what a baseball bat is like. And this is what a basketball feels like. And this is how you shoot it. And there's some elementary things there that you have to do. Um, and then at other times, um, you know, I feel like they really benefit from um, being surrounded by other competitive kids who are good at what they do. And we do that a lot when we do lacrosse stuff. Lacrosse is a funny sport in the state of Texas where it's not really heavily adopted and played very widely. Yeah. You and totally so, introduced my kids to lacrosse. They had, yeah. like, I mean, I even kind of had no clue. You hadn't even heard. No. Yeah. Cause they didn't so, really have it out West. Yeah. So well, lacrosse at least is a my funny part sport. of the West <laughs> and you're part of the West. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause so lacrosse is an example of a sport where like, if you play, you know, but if you don't, it's really intimidating because the gear is expensive. I, how in the world am I supposed to catch this ball with a stick? I can't even hold the stick right. I don't even. So there's times in youth sports where we try to create these really competitive environments to see if the kids will sink or swim. 
-hmm. there's like a, like sometimes it's like you want to throw them to the wolves of like, and you could do that in the form of a kid playing up in a sport, or you can surround them by kids who are good at a sport. Mm -hmm. And then that forces them to really quickly adopt. You know, we've had, I remember there were different training groups we did in lacrosse and there's times where a hundred percent of the kids have never played before. And those sessions are all about fun and all about like, I want the kid to walk away thinking that was really fun and I want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where you take an athletic kid and you put them with other kids who know how to play lacrosse and that kid's uh, development is just totally, it just totally skyrockets because really quickly they see that kid's my age. I'm just as fast and athletic as that kid, but he can figure how to catch. And then a kid like that, that's wired that way you see him and right away they're sitting there trying to figure out like, okay, I can catch this way. This is how I scoop. This is how I shoot, you know? And, um, you know, and that's, you know, something you can do to kind of help spur that kid's development. So there's all sorts of different, you know what I mean? We, we could go hours on different you know, methods and kind of levers that you push and pull to kind of get to where you're going. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, right. The goal is to let's expose as many kids as possible to as many sports as possible. Um, and as many things and, Let's do it in a way that's inviting, warm. We all get along. We all like each other. And let's make it competitive and fun, you know, like, and that is a good environment. I, you know, you feel like you've created a good environment and you've, you're doing something that, uh, that is good for the kids. And if you see all those things and that's not what you want, then it's totally fine. And that's totally fine. If we, you know, we have that sometimes where it's like, Hey, I want to come to basketball practice. And then they come and right away, they're like, wow, I don't fit in at all. Um, I love that you invited us and this is really awesome. And, you know, I just don't think this is for us. And you're like, great. And there's like no harm done. There's no obligation. So there's no bad feelings, it, right? but like, I'm glad you tried it. And that's a sink or swim experience. And you sank, you sank really, really quickly. And uh, after practice, you're like, I need to go back to my grade level, or I need to go back to my rec team or whatever it is. And you're like, and that's cool. We, you know, or you're going to come in and maybe you fit in and you're like, you know what? Like, maybe it would be good to challenge this kid a little bit more to grow and maybe more competitive play would be better for him because maybe he's getting bored in rec or, right. you know, so it all, it, it all goes different ways. I totally see that. And my son's Luke's in the, their freshman team and mm -hmm. they're, it's a high school league now. So they're like, they're struggling because they're the youngest team out there. And you can mm -hmm. just even look at their bodies are like all these wafy kids that have just hit a growth spurt, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, but it's so good because they're learn they're playing these older kids that have had more experience mm -hmm. and it's like hey next year you're gonna be so much better because you've been playing with these other kids i know yeah it's just really fun to watch them yeah 100 100 and if you can the beautiful thing about it is that you take luke for for instance you know he could go in and have that experience and the beautiful thing about it is that he can just take a step back and as soon as he gets to more like you know maybe he's playing up or he's having to play with like some older kids man, he is going to be so, he's just going to be ready to go when he's back oh, on totally. a field or on a court, whatever sport it is playing against kids, his age. Oh yeah. And it just, it builds up his confidence and it just builds up. Like there's the initial, like, dang, this is really hard. Or these kids are fast or they're way more physical yeah. than I am, whatever it is. But then that helps spur on his development of like, that's how you play this sport or that's how it operates or fast forward two years. And that is what you should look like. You should exactly. be playing like that, or you should be able to do those things. And so it gives them kind of this measuring stick of, you know, that kid's not that much older than me. And these are the things I need to be able to, you know, do, or this is the way that they play. And that's super, super helpful. That initial discomfort and like, shoot, this is really hard. You know, there's also a ton of benefit to it. Right. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. 
Ah, I'm sad to say goodbye. This has been so much fun. This is just a topic I could talk about all day. We love 100%. we love competition in our even in cleaning our house. Even my Luke, he's one of my more competitive of my kids. But he even times yeah. himself when he loads the dishwasher to see if he can do it faster every time. And mm-hmm. it's like your personal best and everything. It's so great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, it's, where it's, can we find you? Let's tell everyone where we can find KN Sports Group. Instagram is probably the easiest way to do it. It's at knsportsgroup.com. K is in Karen, N is in Nancy, um, knsportsgroup.com. That's kind of the avenue where a lot of communication comes through. So yeah, we also have a website, knsportsgroup.com. If you wanted to go over there and kind of scroll around and see what we're doing and different things we're working on. But, um, but yeah, that's the easiest way to get in touch. Okay, I love it. This is yeah. so great. Thank you so much for spending time yeah. with us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. So fun to hear from Kyle and all of his fun life experiences. I love chatting with Kyle. So don't forget to go grab our Holy Week reading so that you can have something to read each day with your family for the week of Easter. And our Easter side dish is all in our freebie resource library. So that's in the show notes, that link. And also, if you are also interested in Lillian Thistle's Nature's Art Club and the watercolor course that I was talking about, that is also linked up in the show notes. So have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a rating, a review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Share with your friends. We're so thankful.